Why do some entrepreneurs succeed while others fail? The secret lies in their hustle. Welcome to Kobe and the Hustlers, a new startup-focused podcast series brought to you by TamilCulture.com, the place for Tamil thinkers, creators, and doers. I'm your host, Kobe Yogarenam, a proud British Tamil serial entrepreneur, and I love and get a real buzz from networking and connecting with entrepreneurs around the world and understanding exactly what makes each of them tick and of course, successful. With the influx of a new breed of Tamil entrepreneurs disrupting so many industries, it's the perfect time to get to know them and share and celebrate their stories and achievements. I can't wait to bring you their incredible stories, which will undoubtedly get you inspired, motivated, and hustling. What a life to live. I'm on to come up. Uh, come up. What a life to live. I'm on to come up. Uh, come up. What a life to live I'm on to come up oh, come on. What a life to live I'm on to come up Welcome to Kobe and the Hustlers, brought to you by Tamil Culture, where we meet and interview some of the best Tamil entrepreneurs, aka hustlers, in the UK. Today's podcast, we have Robert Rajaswaran, at the age of eight, came to London as a refugee, and 18 years later, he's won numerous entrepreneur awards and runs a successful education and technology business in London and now has opened his first academy school in the UK. Today, we find out more about him and what makes him tick. Welcome, Robert. Hi, Kobe. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm very excited. Awesome, awesome. And we're going to go straight in there and ask you a couple of questions. Very simple ones. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Money or fame? Money. Mutton curry or chicken curry? Mutton curry. Silly question, but beard or clean shaven? Beard all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Shoes or trainers? Trainers. Okay. So, tell me how your 2018 is going. Um, it's been a, it's been amazing. A really good start to um, 2018. We've opened up our first centre in, in Harrow in London, and we've uh, we've just closed our seed round funding, which is amazing, which is going to lead to a lot of uh, amazing stuff for us in terms of growth. Really. So we're looking to pretty much dominate the UK. Awesome. So that's been uh, that's been good. Um, we're running more camps. Um, so it's going really well, really yeah. good start, strong start. So what, what's made you go into the whole, you're very unconventional for an entrepreneur, especially your age, you're only 26, right? Yep. The, uh, you know, to go and invest into now a bricks and mortar style, you know, school. Uh, everyone's trying to make that quick money uh, in an app or some software and things like that. And you're going, going a bit old school. What's made you kind of turn your academy uh, and your training camps to go more into the kind of an academy and a school? Um, firstly, I think the whole the, the whole education around programming and technology is very sort of limited. Um, you know, schools often lack the, the knowledge, the resources and the manpower to push kids to look at technology as a career. Um, then, then on the other side, we've got a lot of online courses and online material. But the problem that we have is like, you know, as as a society, we're still in a space where we want to learn with other people. We want to, you know, we want to sort of collaborate and learn of each other, especially with kids, um, you know, with, with technology these days, they spend a lot of time in front of the screen already. Yeah, of course. Um, they spend a lot of time on their own. You probably notice that kids don't play out as much as they used to. Yeah, I noticed that So the only time they have interaction with kids of their age um, is in school. School, right? of course, yeah. So what we wanted to do was, try and create a space 
which is very different to school, which gives them a, a space for them to be creative and innovate yeah. and try new things. Um, and also, it still gives them an adult-like feeling. They like, because yeah. our, our center is in, in, in the high street. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty much what, what, we, what we call like the Google campus of Harrow. Yeah, it's um, got a very Google feel to it. <laughs> We're, we're actually interviewing in this uh, in the actual academy itself with all the colors on the wall and writing on the whiteboards and stuff like that. It's very trendy, very Google-esque. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you definitely so get the mark there. What we wanted to do was give kids that, that feeling that they are like an adult. Yeah. And if they learn the skill, they can go on to build anything they want. So that's what we, look, we looked into. We still want to keep that structure of a physical location for yeah. people to come in, work together and build amazing things. Um, but the, the, on the other side, we wanted to be a bit more innovative and creative. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so our center sort of designed around that. All our sort of learnings done on, on, on laptops and machines. Yeah. There's a lot of hardware that you can see probably around here, a lot of robots. Yeah. Um, looks something out, and, uh, of, uh, <laughs> out of sci-fi film, to be honest. A lot of science gadgets. Uh, looks like a really trendy kind of place to be in at the moment. So, so talk to me about how, where, where did this business idea come from? Where did it originate from? Um, actually, you'd be, you'd be surprised how this all started. It actually started in Colombo when I was about five, six years old. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so it does go back a, a long time. So when we moved from, uh, from Jetla to, to Colombo, um, we, my mom used to, my mom heard about computer programming or computer from a computer class from one of her other friends. Uh, as you probably know, aunties like to talk to each other yeah, about of these things. So she signed me up to a computer center in Colombo, and I used to go to school um, and then go to the center after school. And the first day I went in, they've had these machines, they've got a, they had a screen, yeah. um, a, a CPU and a keyboard. And this is the first time I've ever seen a computer or got very close to one. Um, and then I sat down and they were showing me how to use a mouse um, and the keyboard and show me how to do basic things like the pain, yeah. text editor and so on. And I, 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 you know, I fell in love with it straight away. And then that's also where I met a lot of friends because I've just moved from, from the north um, yeah. to the south and I didn't really have a lot of friends. I didn't really, I only knew Tamil at that, yeah, at yeah. that stage. So I met a lot of people there and we used to come together every after school, build games, play games. So computing was a kind of a mutual language that you yeah, guys yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, interacted yeah. with, like bonded over. Yeah, and you know, this is going back nearly like 20 years ago, yeah. uh, you know, in, in Sri Lanka. So yeah. that's where I've had that idea and that's where I, I loved it. And then when we moved to the UK, you know, my life kind of changed. I was doing, you know, I went to, I went to school here, I went to university. Um, I worked in the city and then I worked in financial technology. Yeah. When I was working for this fintech um, startup in in London, they actually had a massive struggle. They, you know, technology companies still do, is to hire people to do technology roles. Yeah. Um, so I was just curious, like, why are we struggling to hire people? Because, like, we live in twenty, we, li we live in twenty, like, eighteen now, yeah. and we still have struggle with hiring people to do building websites, building yeah, an app. Yeah. You know, um, you know, data, data analyst was, was a huge one. Um, and I was thinking, why isn't this stuff being taught in school? Um, when I was in school, we never had um, any sort of like programming lessons as such. No one would um, mention anything about, you know, the likes of Steve Jobs or Bill Gates to yeah. us. It's more of traditional sort of careers they wanted us to get yeah, into. Of course, yeah, yeah. And it was really frustrating. 
So that's where the idea was, you know, it starts originally. That's where the spark was. Yeah. And then when I, um, you know, when I looked into it a bit more, looked, went up a lot of reports on this, and I realized there was a massive gap. You know, just the UK, it costs yeah. about 63 billion pounds a year in lost income due to... Because the, of that gap the, not that being gap, filled, or the yeah. lack of skilled, people, yeah, yeah. skilled people in that area. And it's insane. Yeah. And the number of jobs out there, so uh, at the end of 2017, there was about 700,000 jobs that we struggled to fill as an economy. Wow. And that's okay. set to increase to about a million by 2020. Right. So you're basically providing the platform to really educate the next generation of not just entrepreneurs, but people with the coding that require yeah, the coding yeah, skill yeah, sets. No, absolutely. So you're thinking pretty much ahead of the schooling curriculum and jumping over that hurdle and giving something back to these children to learn and take on board maybe gauge their interest yeah, and maybe yeah, excite yeah. them to get involved, just like you did in uh, Colombo when you uh, no, no, first absolutely. looked at that computer. <laughs> but uh, talking about, you know, we, we, you touched upon when you moved to Colombo and obviously there's a story behind, you know, you coming to the UK. Um, give me, give me, give us a kind of an overview, well, an overview of how that happened. How did you get to London? What's the, what's the story in that? Because I, you know, we understand and a lot of people may know already about Robert uh, through articles online that, You've obviously come to the UK as a refugee. And talk to me about that. Talk to me how, how that happened. Okay, so um, I was born in the north um, in Jaffna, um, a small sort of village called Vartakote. Um, that's where you know, we, we, I was born, as where my family's roots are. Um, I grew, you know, I spent about, about four or five years, so I was about five years old. Um, and, you know, things were great. Like, growing up in Jaffna was probably... One of the best things that's, that's ever happened to me and one of the best memories I have uh, is purely because I felt like when I was younger and I was in my own land, I felt like I was free. I've never had to, I didn't feel like an alien. It's like, you know, all your family is there, your friends are there, your regular things like, you know, going to temple or going to, to churches, you've got festivals. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had, you know, we've had, we had the best weather, the best beaches. Yeah. It was amazing, right? And for me, it's like I've always had my family, I had a set of friends, and we were always in that circle, and we, we were really happy. Yeah. Um, happiness in those days were actually real happiness because people genuinely had that, that love for each yeah, other, yeah. You, you care about it each other. It wasn't very objective, it's like you didn't actually. need anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, like those yeah. days, we never had so much money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've never had all this technology, all these uh, comforts. It was very basic, you know, very basic living. Yeah. But we were all very happy. Um, but then things changed um, in, in 95 um, when, when the war really kicked off. Um, the, the army moved in to, 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 to capture Jaffna. Um, and then I, I remember very well on that, on that day, um, we've had speakers fitted onto um, autos, like tuk-tuks. Yeah. And they were literally roaming around Jaffna, uh, saying that the army's moving in, um, it's no longer safe for us to be here, um, and you've pretty much got to leave. And that time we were living in, um, in, in, in the town centre in Jaffna. Yeah. So, you know, we would, you know we, that's all we heard. Pretty much everyone sort of rushing, it was absolutely chaotic. For me, that was scary. Like, uh, and what age were you then? I was five years old. Wow. This was in 1995. Wow. Um, very scary experience for me. Uh, my dad's gone on to, he had, some, he had some work, so he wasn't at home that day. So it was just me and my mom. My mom was um, pregnant at that time. 
So it's really a scary experience for her as well. Yes, of course. Um, so we pretty much, I still remember my mom picked up, you know, a, a bag, put like loads of food in there. So, you know, yeah. ro- loads of rolls found and somewhere yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then literally any cash and gold that we've had. Literally, yeah. that's all we had, two bags. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A bag full of cash and gold and a bag full of food. Yeah. And we were trying to find, find dad. And then every, all the population, there were about, at that time, about half a million people in Jaffna. Um, we've uh, all had to move. And yeah. for Jaffna, there's two main routes um, to go into to, to the south yeah. of the country. Um, and we all moved down to um, a famous bridge called Navakuli. Yeah, it's Navakuli Pala. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that's where we found dad. Because my dad, you know, he had a car back then, he was dropping people off. Oh, and then wow. because there were so many people, the car, he just left, he dumped his car there and he was trying to find us. It's mm. a bit like what you see in the movies. Like yeah, yeah, like day after trying, tomorrow yeah. and it's looking for your family. That must have been a scary thing scary, scary for your experience. mother, for yourself. And I'm guessing you probably didn't really understand or gauge what how serious it was at the time. Yeah, because it's like, you know, one day everything's fine, you're happy. Um, and then all of a sudden everything's taken away from you. Yeah, you yeah. left your house. We've had, we have, the thing is, another thing people don't talk about a lot more is like pets and stuff back of home. Of course, yeah, yeah. We've had our own cows and chickens yeah, and yeah. A, a dog that we've looked after for so long. Yeah. We've also um, had um, a, a grandpa that stayed with us. Yeah. He didn't have his family, he was disabled and we, you know, we've looked after him. Wow. And he helped my mum sort of like raise me. So we yeah. spent a lot of time together. And obviously, unfortunately, he was disabled, so we couldn't really take him with us. So what we had to do was, um, we took him to Nalu Temple um, and had to leave him there because we had no means of transporting him. It was absolutely insane. So for me, that was really yeah. scary because this is the reality of life. You could literally lose everything in a second. Um, so yeah, I mean, going back to the story, we yeah. found, um, found Appa, he left his car there and said, you know, we, we were so glad we found him. And we carried on the journey um, through Navakulipala. And that was scary because it's a very small bridge. Um, you know, you've got, you've got water. And now you've got nearly half, you know, half a million people trying to cross that. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of people, you know, fell in the water. Yeah. A, you know, this was kids, um, older people, grandma, grandma, yeah. moms, dads. It's literally one of the scariest things I've been through in my life. Yeah. Do you think that whole episode, Yeah, I think, because it put a lump in my throat when you just spoke to me about that, do you think that episode in your life has given you that fight to do what you're doing right now as an entrepreneur? Um, absolutely, because, uh, you know, if you've escaped a war zone, yeah. um, you know, life cannot get any worse. What's the, everything else is upwards, right? Of course. It's all positive yeah, and yeah. Uh, an opportunity. Because you are continuing to win awards. I know you just got put up for another award this week. You know, you are setting a great example to a lot of other Tamil, Tamil children, entrepreneurs, and, you know, the, even the elder generation look at you as very inspirational uh, because you're very vocal about what you've gone through but you're doing things the really right and, and an amazing way. And I, and, I, and I think everyone, including myself and all the listeners to this podcast, I think we would like to say you know, thank you for doing what you're doing. And importantly, you know, the struggles that you've gone through have really kind of painted an awesome picture about who you are right now. Um, so yeah, so a big thanks from us uh, okay. that you had to go through that uh, and whatnot. 
but I think, as you said, it's really defined who you yeah, are right now. Yeah. Um, so tell me then, like, we, we obviously know that part of the story uh, and how you, you, know, you got to the UK and why you had to leave Jaffna itself. Now you're here today, how do you stay motivated? So for me, uh, you know, just touching up on that story a little bit more. So from, from Jaffna, I went to Kalinochi, Kalinochi to Colombo. Then we then I have to go from Colombo to um, Indonesia, Thailand, China. Um, so how do you how do you even go to Indonesia and China? It's it's not like you go up to uh, yeah, of course. passport office. And yeah, 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 yeah. How doesn't do work you, like that. So, how does that travel even work? So you've got to what you find is an agency, what they used to call it back in the days. So uh, my dad's obviously going to the UK before us, so he's he's been he's, he's worked and sent money back home, and we pay agents to get us fake passports in yeah. those days and fake names to go to each country. And you, when you go there, you meet other town people there who are on a similar journey to you. And an agent would pretty much help you get around, yeah. get passports and different yeah. names yeah. To, to go to different countries. And we got to Finland. We were in a refugee camp in the north for, for about six months. That was probably um, definitely a, a weird place to be life-changing because that's the first time I saw a lot of white people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the okay. uh, first time I saw snow, um, I met loads of refugees from uh, Somalia, right? Um, you know, Kosovo, and all the different parts. And did you of the feel world. like you kind of had some similar kind of, you know, when you look at another refugee in the eye, even if though you can't speak the language, mm. do you feel like you kind of have a shared kind of gr ground there because of you're both in a similar situation in these refugee camps? No, absolutely. Um, you know, there's some good things to a refugee camp. There's some really horrible stories too. Of course. But um, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of connections. I made friends. Yeah. Uh, while we while we were at the camp in uh, in Finland, um, you know, you share a lot of stories. They tell you about you know some of the kids that I met there were from Kosovo. Yeah. Um, so you you know they'll tell you stories about what happened and and why they're there. Yeah. And we yeah. tell them about Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's something I've been doing since I was a kid. It's like telling our story about what yeah. happened on that island. No, and I think that, that when people hear that, including myself, I actually become very motivated yeah, by yeah, your yeah, story, yeah, you yeah. know, and that's what's really key to, I think, when, when, when we, we talk it off, you know, talking, we've spoken before, yep. and even speaking now, I can see that when I look at you, you really are like pushing yeah. the back, like you don't care in the sense of uh, how hard something is because it was very difficult for you yeah, as a yeah, child. Yeah, and yeah. so when it, everything you achieve now, it's like a bonus, yeah, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and yeah, you're not yeah. scared of keep breaking down doors and achieving. I think that's an awesome, awesome uh, attribute to have. So again, why you're a hustler, <laughs> and I, and I, and I like, commend you for that. Now, talking about like, the business now, you've raised a lot of investment recently. Um, you know, you've, how, tell me what kind of, how you've got investment, like different methods, you, what, what's the way you've, got money into this company. All right, so I'll tell you how this, um, so when I quit my job in, um, in, 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 in March 2016, uh, and I said, I had enough. Um, I want to go build something on my own, something that's going to be impactful, that's going to add value, and that's going to inspire young people. Um, that was the aim. I had no idea what I was going to do, how this was going to work, but the only thing I knew was I knew I'm going to do it. Um, I knew this was going to work. I had confidence in myself. Um, so with that, I saved up some money because, you know, I had a well-paid job um, in the city. So yeah. I saved up a bit of money 
Um, and then what I did was I applied to an accelerator program uh, by Royal Bank of Scotland. Um, and I pitched the idea to them. Literally went in. That was the first time. I so you pitched, pitched pitched the coding school, uh, GoCode, at the time to yeah, NetWest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so cool. it was so when we started, it was slightly different. I just yeah. had a vague idea of what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I walked into the room and I said, "Hey, this is the problem. It's a massive problem. Um, the government knows it's a big problem because they made computing curriculum compulsory in schools. Not many schools are pushing it. So I think I know. I think I have a solution to fixing this." Um, oh. I just want an opportunity to learn from you, yeah. to get that support and mentorship. And that's pretty much how it started. So they gave me a program, a space on the program for six months. Brilliant. Um, packed all my bags and stuff and moved to Milton Keynes. Okay. I was renting uh, a Milton small Keynes room. is about, what, 50, 60, 50, miles, 60 north miles north from London? From, uh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. London. So moved to Milton Keynes, small room. And that's all I did for the first six months. Wow. Um, used up, I think I saved up about five grand in cash. Yeah. That's all I had in my account. Um, so I would go to work um, in the morning, I'm in the office, um, sort of sorry, eight till five. And from six o'clock, I had a, a bartending job in a, in a, in a, in a restaurant. So wow. I used to make okay. cocktails for people. Cocktails, and yeah. so yeah. funny because like, people would never know what I do during the day. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah. did that for a good three months till I started generating cash for my business. Brilliant. That's so a real yeah, hustler's yeah. kind of mentality. You know? <laughs> so we That's did that. Really um, and then the money started coming in, so we started running courses. Yeah. So one of the good things about Go Code or the business I got into, um, it's because it's you know once you run a course, you know people pay you. Yeah. So of course. it generates. We started generating money earlier on. Yeah. But then we've had to pivot a little bit to fix the uh, business model. We've pivoted quite a few times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we start getting regular cash in. Right. And then we said, okay, we've got decent amount of money coming in. I hired a few people and said, okay, now, then I, I was, you know, I was, things were fine, it was okay. And then I saw on, um, on Facebook, I was just scrolling through, there was a crowdfunding um, competition. They said, oh, you can win a, a, a thousand pounds, submit your sort of pitch to us in hundred hundred words. So I took this slightly differently. I said, look, people, you know, write pitches with hundred words, they'll type it up and post it you're not really going to stand out. Yeah. So what I did was I spent about a couple of hours just whipping out a 60 second pitch video instead. Cool. Because you probably know video is video what is it is now, right? Yeah, of course. So yeah. put a video together and submitted it. And we've just had an insane amount of response oh, on that Facebook page. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then I got a call from the, the company Crowdfunder the next day saying, you've won that competition. Oh, wicked. So we've got a thousand pounds from GoDaddy. Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah. the, the domain provider. Domain provider, yeah. Um, and said, oh, great. So thank you very much. But they said, look, your story is amazing. What you've done is brilliant. Why don't you go for a crowdfunding um, campaign? Right, okay. Why don't you raise, um, you know, some money that you can sort of... And crowdfunding, for the people that don't know, is about going and asking for... the uh, Going into the crowd, into yep. the public, via an online platform. Yep and asking everyone to pitch money yeah, in yeah, to a pot, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is the crowd fund, and then you utilize that fund yeah, right, yeah, for your yeah. business. Okay. So at this stage, all we were doing is running after school clubs and holiday camps okay. uh, in, in schools. Um, we work with mainly independent schools, yeah. but we also give back to state schools by providing free workshops. Wow. So, you so know, you're giving back to the people and children that can't afford your camps as well? Yeah, 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 absolutely. We provide 100% scholarships as well wow. to kids from low-income backgrounds. So, you know, we had this really good story 
Um, and one of the things I was very keen on from day, day one is, is a vision I had, um, actually on one of the, uh, um, the mentoring sessions. They wanted us to write your vision, to really visualize yeah. what, you, what you see Go code as. Yeah. And I said I wanted a, a center or a place um, where kids can go and build things, learn off each other, um, yeah. and hopefully we'll have the next sort of Elon Musk from one of our yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the vision I had. And I thought, okay, look, we've got an opportunity to do some crowdfunding. Maybe why don't I actually do it and yeah. build a center? Yeah. And that's pretty much how it started. And that's why we're yeah. in the center right now, which is a, yeah, so no, we, really um, cool. So we raised 22 grand, nearly 22,000 pounds. Yeah. Half of that. So when I got 50% of that um, sort of target, yeah. I've had a lot of interest from the Tamil community, but also the majority of the UK. I had the support from non-Tamil um, community as well. They put, yeah. got me up to about 50% of the target. Right, and okay. then uh, Santander came in and said, hey, what you're doing is amazing. You've already raised 50% of your target. Yeah. We'll match it for you. Santander yeah. is a Spanish bank, right? It's a, it's a Spanish, Spanish yeah. giant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're quite active in yeah. Europe and, and the UK. They said, here's another extra 10,000 pounds for wow. your crowdfunding. So they matched your fund? They matched that Wow, fund. that's really so, cool. So we've had uh, 22,000 pounds to Fantastic. And that's your kind of lifeline to, to build this baby. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And yeah. that's what's... Uh, I think that's a way of getting funding without even giving equity no, away in your no, company, no. which is Absolutely, so yeah. you still like own a majority of your company. I'm sure you, you know, won't go down into those numbers, but that's pretty cool. And then you've also kind of got a whole uh, extra bit of funding recently as well. Um, and that's, that was off the back of another competition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's something uh, I can't reveal too much of. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, essentially, um, we wanted to... Um, we wanted to grow. So we've set the center up. This is great. It's working. It's running fine. Yep. Now, how do we really dominate the market? Yep. How do we go out there and get every child in the UK to code? And that's wow. always been our vision. So for us to do that is we need to set up more, more of these centers around the country. Right. Um, okay. And for that, what we really looked for is the capital to really grow at that speed, like yep. rapidly but also the mentorship and the support and the network for it. Okay. And then we, you know, we've been, we've approached a few investors to come on board the right kind of investors. Yeah. So a lot of people in the technology space and the education space. Um, and we've, you know, we've secured funding to, to do that. So, you know, more on that later. Yeah, so, so, what's, <laughs> so we can't touch upon it too much, yeah. but then, so now paint a picture of where you want to be with GoCode Academy in five years? Like, what do you see yourself, where do you see yourself, should we say, in five years professionally? Um, I think we will we'll have a lot more centers around the country in five, five years' time. We would okay. want to be in every major city or town in the wow. UK. Um, just like you would see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of schools, we would want, we will be there. I think that's the main thing. We want, you know, we want to give every child an opportunity to learn to code or to learn those technology skills because it's essentially, it's, it's, I don't see it being any different from reading and writing. Yes. If your child can't read and write, that's insane. Yeah, you told so, me about this amazing statistic before we started the podcast today about the jobs in 30 years' yeah, time. Yeah, what yeah. was that statistic? So, um, so the, the kids in schools at the moment, so 65% of the jobs that they will do in the future don't even exist here. Wow, that is such a thought-provoking statement to make yeah and i'm sure that is true and i think what you're doing really is closing that gap yeah, yeah, yeah. you know of educating children and making sure that in 30 years time 
that they are well equipped for this changing, ever-changing environment, yeah, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and if you can, yeah. we can probably see it happening even right now. Yeah. There's a lot of sort of um, changes in the way kids learn and the things that are necessary for them to sort of do well yeah. in the future. Well, no, even when I was 16, I remember back in the day, I taught myself how to build a website yeah. totally off my own back, you know, and I sat there for hours. My parents thought I was like, you know, he, they thought I was on a computer. They thought I was going to be the next Bill Gates. But really, I was just making a website, you know, kind of thing. And it was just really, you know, teaching myself. But I think you providing that kind of, gauging that interest, telling, giving children that kind of, like, to be honest, I think if I was a child, I'd love to play with robots. Yeah. And then the next step is to understand how they work. Yeah. And I think what you're doing is just fantastic. And I think not only does it, you're giving back to children, it's actually a business. Yeah. It's a business that actually works. Um, so going back, I just said, about five years professionally how about how about personally what do you where do you want to be in five years like what's your kind of personal goals forget the business what do you want to be doing in five years time you're going to be 31 then <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think oh no you put it that way uh, I think for me it's more of like the, the reason the whole reason I've set up um, my own business and you know come this far it's, it's truly to find two main things. Yeah. Um, one is happiness. I really want to be happy with what I do in life. Yeah. Um, and that I've learned the hard lesson when I was working, uh, when, I was, when, I, when I had a nine to five. Yeah. Um, one, it wasn't suited for me. Um, you know, it's not for everyone. So it definitely wasn't for me. I was, you know, when I stopped learning from these places, I felt really miserable and I felt like it was a chore to go into work. Yeah. So for me, you know, what I do now, I've worked double the amount of hours I did when I had a nine to five. Yeah. But I'm a lot more happier. And for me personally, that's what I want, happiness. Um, and, and, and the second thing, it's more of like the freedom, the flexibility yeah. to do what I want when I want. Yeah. Um, and then I think another thing I'm really keen on doing is um, giving, you know, looking after my parents because they went through, you know, hell to get me to this country yeah um, and they didn't get me they didn't go through all that pain and that struggle for me to have an average life so you know I want yeah. to and for them to have an average life so I want to keep them happy my dad and my mom still work to this day they yeah. work seven days a week yeah. yeah I just want to say look mom you don't have to work anymore you can you can do what you like you they've got yeah. the freedom I think that's what I want I think that's again not just being you know looking at the business side. I think that's very inspirational I think a lot of a lot of people want to kind of be happy. They don't know how to define happiness. Yeah. And I think your background coming to the UK as refugee and knowing that real simpleness of that you've touched upon before, the happiness of going and playing with your friends out in the road and living with, you know, uh, you know, an elder man that's disabled that your parents looked after and going to the temple when you want and, you know, things like that back home in Jaffna. I think that gives you that real kind of perspective in life and yeah. how to value what happiness is, right? Absolutely. Like we've, you know, we've had it. So for me, like the money side of things is not really a huge thing because, you know, at, at one point in, in Jaffna, we've had a lot of money. And then at, at one point in Sri Lanka, we've had nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. And then the same with when we came to the UK, we never had pretty much my dad came with, you know, with, with slippers on at the Heathrow airport. He had literally had nothing. Yeah. And then he built it up. He sent us all to university, yeah. you know, got properties and, and businesses. So we're used to having, we know what life is with a lot of money and yeah. with, with no money. So for me is, you know, that true happiness is, it's 
it's being with the right people, with family, and doing what you really want to do in life, yeah. and not being forced to do anything. No, that's I think that's great uh, advice to others. Would you? What other kind of advice would you give to hustlers out there? Other hustlers listening in right now. I think one of the things that people um, underestimate when starting a business or doing on your own, um, especially with so much social media at the moment, the whole entrepreneurship game, it's so glorified. Yeah. Uh, it's not all meetings, not all coffees on, and then drinks. Flash cars, flash bars, money. No? Flash cars <laughs> and, and oh, it's not all bling bling. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of hard work um, and people are underestimate that. Uh, the reason a lot of startups fail is because the founders or the staff underestimate how much work that needs to be in. Yeah. Uh, that needs to go in. So I would say, you know, if you are, if you want to start a business, don't think too much. Go for it because it's an amazing journey and you will learn a lot. Yeah. But don't underestimate the amount of work. You need to really dedicate yourself to the game. Yeah, well, I think that dedication is something that you get from your parents. You just mentioned that they work seven days a week to this day. I think your dad and your mum have got that hustle uh, mentality, which I'm sure now has passed on to yeah. you. Um, but no, Robert, thank you very much for coming in today. Uh, thank you very much for being taken part in this podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, we wish you well for the year ahead. Thank you so much, Toby, and thanks to Tamil Culture for this opportunity. Thanks again, Robert. And uh, that wraps up, wraps up another edition of Kobe and the Hustlers, brought to you by Tamil Culture. Next episode, we'll have another amazing Tamil entrepreneur. We'll listen to their story very, very soon. I'm on the come up. Uh, come up. What a life to live. I'm on the-